This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. We'll go check, Nibo. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am very excited to be joined by today's guest. He is a television producer extraordinaire. Some call him the king of reality television. He is the host of the Reality with the King podcast. And if you don't know him, you certainly know his work. If you're listening to this show, please welcome Carlos King. Hi there. Hey, Dylan. How are you? I am great. I'm so excited to finally get to chat with you because obviously as a Bravo fan and expert. I've been watching your work for like years and years and years. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> you you must walk through the world just knowing that you have touched so many moments of history. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about lots of things. But first of all, I want to talk about your new show that you have that just has started coming out in the last week or two, depending on when this is coming out. Love and Marriage DC, featuring, of course, Monique Samuels making her reality TV return. I checked out the first episode. Very fun vibe. I This cast, it's a great group. What was your... How, so it's a spinoff of Love and Marriage Huntsville, which is a hit on Correct. own for a few seasons now. How did you land on DC for the next spot in this franchise? And was Monique kind of part of that initial plan? Or did you sort of... How did that work? Yeah. So Love and Marriage Huntsville is a show I created for the Oprah Winfrey Network. And it's a huge show. On, um, in, in fact, it's the number one show on the network. So we had four seasons of great success. Um, and the network said we should definitely figure out a franchise. So we toyed around with a, do, a few different cities just in terms of like, what will the own audience enjoy? Like, what backdrop of a city? So I had, like, this nice list that had, like, D.C., Chicago, blah, 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 blah. And I saw D.C. and was like, this could be interesting. And then I recalled that two weeks prior to this conversation with the network, um, I had a conversation with Monique Samuels and her husband, Chris, after she quit The Real Housewives of Potomac. And as someone who, like you said, is the king of reality TV, I wanted to reach out to Monique just to let her know I, I witnessed some of the horrible things um, that you experienced. And as a black man in this business, I want you to know that I'm here to talk to you, whatever. We spoke for two hours and we left that conversation dealing with, let's just keep in touch. Mm-hmm. So fast forward two weeks later, Owen said, figure out what city. And I said, Ooh, if we do DC, I wonder if Monique Samuels will lead the charge. So I called her. She said, no. And then I called again <laughs> and I said, 
One thing about the Love and Marriage franchise that's different than Housewives is it's about married couples and couples who are friends or friendly with each other. And I said, I will only um, do this show with you if you're willing to present couples to me and the rest is history. I always like when a new show is starting and there's kind of that way in for casting where it's like you find, and I feel like Housewives has oftentimes worked that way too, where it's like you find one really dynamic person or dynamic couple or family. And then it's kind of like, okay, who do you know? Like anybody in the neighborhood, any, anybody you see at the nail salon, like it obviously casting is such a, it's such a hard thing and you have to get it just right. But when you start, when you have like a dynamic person like Monique as a starting point, it makes sense that she might kind of, she knows what works. Yes. And I wanted somebody, listen, it's a franchise, right? So when you're creating a franchise, we started off with Huntsville, no names, no big celebrities, no celebrities, in fact. And the show became a huge hit. So I knew that if we start a new city, I wanted to make sure that it felt different and special And what could be more different and special than a former housewife leading the charge on a different franchise on a completely different network, but can also show the world something that I felt was missing from her storyline during the four seasons she was on Potomac. You never saw her and Chris have deep conversations about the state of their marriage. On Love and Marriage Huntsville, you saw the first episode. We dive right into it. And as fans of Monique, a lot of them were surprised that she and Chris, especially Chris, was so candid about what they were going through. And you saw this very intense conversation that culminated the episode. And there's more of that coming in the next nine episodes. Love to hear it. I'm curious, are there any other former housewives or Bravo celebrities from any show that you could imagine building a show around, whether it's love and marriage or a different kind of project? Like, is there anyone that seems like they have that potential there for you? I would say Portia from the Atlanta mm. Housewives. You know, she has such a rich, pun intended, um, life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, listen, I got to be honest with you. I am very, very curious about her and Simon's relationship. I want to see more. I want to see... You know, it's funny because you see her and Shamia, um, who made appearances on Atlanta Housewives. They're both dating. Well, Shamia's married to to her guy, but they both have partners who look like brothers, and it's so <laughs> interesting to me. And they hang out, they double date a lot. So I would love to see more of Portia's life. Um, I think Portia is one of the greatest reality stars that ever mm. existed. She's beautiful. She's quirky. She's smart. She's shady. Um, she, I, I don't know. I, I think Portia has everything. So I would love to center a show around Portia. Portia was one of those people where when she came on Real Housewives of Atlanta in season five, which of course you are well, very familiar with the whole behind the scenes of that, the audience did not necessarily warm up to her right away. And I think it, it almost felt like we got to watch her sort of, you know, come out of her cocoon into that, like, you know, hilarious shady butterfly of a person. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and I think that's kind of the amazing thing about watching people over so many seasons on housewives or any other show is like, you really see them grow in their life 
and go through all these different phases. And Portia, definite, even if she didn't necessarily have the best last season on Housewives or whatever, however you feel about that, it's like, I do feel like she's one of those people that it's just like, she's so watchable. Oh my gosh, she's so dynamic. And you're right. When she first came on The Real Housewives, she was literally like a Stepford wife. It was hard to connect to her because, you know, she definitely played the role of I am married to this very successful man, and this is the type of wife he wants to be married to. So it was hard to connect to her her first season in terms of rooting for her. And then you saw how she completely transformed into this new woman season six. And it was my first season executive producing that show. And Portia was a bona fide star the moment we started filming because you saw her gain her independence, own her sexuality, Mm. and be so candid about what it's like to go through a divorce and to do it with a man who is in the public eye. You you didn't see that. When Sheree first got on, you know, she was already in the process of divorce. When Nene got to divorce with Greg, may he rest in peace, um, it was a different story because obviously Nene became the breadwinner and that was a very interesting dynamic. So with Portia, you saw like she was with this Hall of Famer and he told her like, you need to ask permission to go to the strip club. All those things. Mm. So... You know, to see Portia happy now and to see her be her authentic self is the reason why she's a fan favorite. Yeah, totally. And I think Atlanta is, when you talk about her showing up and being a star, it's like, that is a cast full of stars. So it's not, it's no small thing to be able to really hold your own in that group of women. You have, you know, all of these people. Atlanta, for how long it's been on, has had relatively few housewives overall because we've had you know nini kenya portia candy cynthia like they've all been on so many seasons and that that doesn't happen for no reason like it really is the the casting has been so strong consistently no it's it's, listen atlanta is one of the best franchises if not the best because of the casting choices especially in, in the earlier years like you said you know, think about season six. You had Nini, Phaedra, you know, Portia, Kenya, um, Cynthia, Candy, you know, and then season nine, Sheree was brought back. Um, you know, they that show does the best at casting. I think that show, Potomac is really great at casting. I think they always find the right person. And also Beverly Hills is is, is has been consistent. Yeah, and... I'm curious your thoughts on Phaedra specifically, because season nine was your last year working on Atlanta, right? Yes. So obviously that was, you know, so much controversy, Phaedra's last year on the show. And now we're really seeing Bravo kind of dancing around. Phaedra is going to... Right, she's on Girls Trip. We just saw her making a little cameo in that Dubai trailer, which everybody was completely like... Phaedra. (laughs) But I'm curious, like, do you feel like Bravo is really opening the door for her to come back to Atlanta? Or do you think they just know that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 110%. Oh, for sure. Listen, think about it. Um, What former housewife has made these sort of like 
epic appearances, or should I say reappearances, you know? Um, I definitely think it's strategic in seeing how the audience warms up to her. I'm curious to see what she delivers on Ultimate Girls Trip um, with that spicy cast, with Brandy and Vicky and Tamara and Durant. I mean, mm. oh my gosh, my head's spinning already. <laughs> um, that's such a dynamic cast. Taylor Armstrong, are you kidding me? So, you know, I definitely think it's sort of like these planting of seeds. Because when I was watching the Dubai trailer, that was the best part of the trailer to me. Because I literally, mm. Dylan, I was watching it like, okay, you know, whatever. It was fine. It wasn't thrilling. It was fine. You know? Right. But when Pedro popped up, I remember, like, I, I, I jumped in my seat. It was so unexpected. Right. And I think with the Dubai trailer, and obviously the season could be a complete surprise from what the trailer has, but... I'm excited to meet a new group of women. I'm excited to see how they incorporate the culture and the wealth and all of that. But it's like the trailer didn't really give us like drama or story. Like it gave us like she has a business and she has a different business and they're all rich. (laughs) And then it's and then Phaedra. And and, and they're gorgeous. And then it's Phaedra. And then you're like, ah (laughs) and you know what's so funny? It was it was a good uh, Jedi mind trick because you forgot about the the prior two minutes and ten seconds. (laughs) Because think about it, Dylan. All they talked about was Phaedra. Right. Phaedra was the only, like, meme that came out of that trailer. I know. Now she's a meme. Ain't that crazy? (laughs) Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. This season of Girls Trip that's happening soon, it really almost feels like a group audition. Like, they're bringing them all to Dorinda's house in the Berkshires and it's like, okay, like, do your worst for a week and then we'll be in touch maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's funny because um, I'm really good friends with Tamara Judge now. She and I mm-hmm. text almost every single day thanks to her appearing on my podcast. So um, I'm like, girl, how is it? She's like, well, first of all, bitch, I wish we were on a fucking tropical island. Yeah. She said, instead of being at Dorinda's house. Uh, but she was like, Carlos, it's really good. I'm really looking forward to that one. I cannot wait. Those are the strong, strongest group of women, you know, than um, the first season of Girls Trip. Like, this right. cast is fireworks. Yeah, it felt like the first season they were kind of like, look, we're doing All-Stars. We're giving you the 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 brand names. And then now it's like, we're giving you like the 
the thing that maybe like tastes a little better, but it's <laughs> yes, yes, no, it's 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 out the gate. Just ooh, I, I can't wait. Is there anyone in this cast that you think is more or less kind of primed to come back to their franchise? Like to me, I don't think I don't see Eva coming back to Atlanta anytime soon. Whereas mm-hmm. I think like most of the women in this cast, it feels like you could kind of slot them back in. How do you feel about that? I will agree with you. Well, you know what, Dylan? I may disagree with you. It's funny. I was, um, I had Megan McCain on my podcast and she talked about how she felt that Eva wasn't given a good chance. And then she, she brought up something. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. She said, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting to see this housewife with a senator who was running for mayor. And what are those conversations like when, you know, look, you're kind of on like this loud show. I want to be the mayor of Atlanta. (laughs) Do you dress a certain way? And I was like, oh my God, I never thought about that. You're right. So anyways, it made me think what you you just said, because if I didn't talk to her recently, I would have agreed with you. But now I'm like, I want to see Eva. But you know what's so funny? I don't know if you guys know this. Um, Eva brought Drew to the show. Oh, did she? Yes. Eva and Drew are like friends, 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 friends. Eva brought Drew to the show to meet with Cynthia. Um, Yeah, Drew and Cynthia Uh, did not know each other. It was Eva. Eva and Drew are friends. So when they were casting for the, the new season, Eva recommended Drew. I mean, Drew and Cynthia, if there's ever been an introduction on Housewives that's like... Random. Yeah, we've been friends for a, for a couple of weeks. We've we've met once or twice. It's like, mm, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, bye. So I say that to say, uh, I could see Eva come back if the cast was different. She okay. really is friends with Kenya now, which is surprising. She, um, they hang out. She's really friends with Candy. And again, she's really friends with Drew, um, so that would be interesting. But to answer your earlier question, I don't see a world where Taylor Armstrong comes back to Beverly Hills. Mm. I don't yeah, see she when they when this cast was first rumored or announced or whatever back in the fall, she really was the one person who truly felt like a wild card out of left field. It's like, wait, she's like interested in playing in this sandbox mm-hmm. still? Like we haven't heard from her in so long. I know. Like truly, I'm like, what does she bring to this I know. era. <laughs> I know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how her and Brandy connect. Yeah. I'm curious to see uh, how pretty much everyone on this group interacts with everyone yeah. else. It's just, it's such a melting pot of mess and I, I can't wait. But I, interesting to have Dorinda and Jill in this cast because talking about going back to a franchise there clearly is no classic Roni for them to go back to with this reboot structure that they're doing, but it does seem like both of them would be kind of ideal candidates for this legacy show that's been announced. How are you, what are your thoughts on this Roni structure that they've announced? Listen, I think from a business standpoint, it makes a lot of sense because we live in a different time right now, right? So when Bev- Beverly Hills, Lord Jesus, you can tell which one's my favorite. When New York City Housewives <laughs> um, were, you know, decided to split into two, 
I was like, oh God, this is doing the most. But then I thought about it and I said, listen, I'm campaigning publicly for Ebony K. Williams to be a part of the the um, new iteration of it, the more mm-hmm. diverse, multicultural cast, based on my conversation with her in the podcast, because I went in, Dylan, thinking one way about Ebony K. Williams and left that hour-long conversation having a complete different understanding of her. So I would love to see her back on the Housewives of New York City um, new iteration. For the reboot, um, listen, we... Well, I'll speak for myself. You tell me if you agree or not, Dylan. (laughs) I love OGs. Mm -hmm. I love the women that I am familiar with. You know? I want to see Dorinda, Jill, Luann, Ramona. Uh, I wanted to see Bethany, but she just said a few days ago she's not doing it. Um... I like the OGs. So if I can see the OGs be amongst their collector, because in real life, they really do hang out with all cameras. I want to see that. Right. Like, if you're truly trying to cast a show that is about a group of friends, the kind of old guard of Roni is close to a real group of friends, if not actually there. I mean, like, Compared to what you have on some of the other shows, it's like, no, they 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 hang out. They're around yeah. each other. They see each other out. And I do agree that I think some of the some of the casting suggestions I see on social media, it's like, that might be fun, but I don't know if it's actually like the right decision if you're like trying Julia to Fox. cast a show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's tough. And with with the legacy thing, also, I think there's a question in my mind. I'm like, are they trying to really build a show that has some kind of longevity? Or is this trying to be like a seven episodes on Peacock and then we kind of all forget it happened? That's what I think. I think the reboot will be on Bravo Linear because you have a built-in fan base. Um, I think the I think the legacy would be on Bravo. I think the okay. reboot, the reboot would be on Peacock because due to the success of Miami Housewives, which again, Mm. not a lot of people watched it years ago when it was on Bravo. So the curiosity factor peeped in when we were like, let's see how Miami does. These people we may know, we may not know. And I thought Miami had a stellar A-plus first season. I loved every single episode. So I think the reboot would be on Peacock and I think the legacy would be on Bravo because again, you already know these women and you're going to be invested. And in terms of your audience, like you were saying from a business perspective, the, you know, 50 year old white lady in Tennessee who only knows how to turn the TV on and off from, and it's already on Bravo. She, she's not going to get the Peacock subscription. (laughs) So if you're, she wants to watch Ramona and Luann, whereas the people who are excited about, a diverse, interesting, fresh, young group of women who have all different things going on. Like that's, you're right that that's the audience that most likely is going to follow the show to, you know, a streaming service. And that makes sense. And I agree that Miami was a a total success. I mean, just they, those women knocked it out of the park. The production was great. It, It felt fresh. It felt luxurious and i was so excited to see that they really fast-tracked it into another season and you know the full cast is coming back it's like that's what we need 
I cannot wait. Uh, Lisa and Lenny getting a divorce. It's going to be a You saw that, right? And I was so shocked. Oh. I Listen, maybe I'm alone in this. I love <laughs> them together. I thought they were so cute. And listen, I you look at Lisa and you could tell she was in love with her husband. You know, I, I, I feel sorry for her because... Uh, unless she um, did not sign a prenup, yeah, I'm 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 worried <laughs> if she's able to live up to her life because Lisa loves being rich and fabulous right. and a woman of leisure. I think that's it's an interesting kind of like two factor thing because, like you said, it really felt like she loved her husband and yes. she loved their life together and the fact that they were able to have kids together after trying for so long. It felt like she really that was everything she cared about in the world. But then also, of course, she <laughs> loves her her Facetune and her Birkins and her yes. closet with the, Not you know, <laughs> mechanical. <laughs> she loves her closet with the mechanical uh, rails and stuff. I'm like, you gotta, <laughs> I feel bad for Lisa. Can you imagine giving all of that up? Right. And so I think it'll be really... I'm I'm fascinated to know kind of how that is going to pan out for her because on the one hand I'm like oh I hope she gets you know I hope she gets to be comfortable but also if on the chance that she doesn't I'm sure it'll be great TV. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great television. And, and listen, at least she has Larsa to get advice from cuz Larsa isn't hurting at all. <laughs> <laughs> Larsa's like, you can come stay in my third pool house. <laughs> yeah, Larsa's like, girl, let me teach you, honey. Please. I loved... I Larsa, to me, was such a wonderful surprise on this most recent season of Miami because people forgot... I mean, everybody knew that she was a housewife, but she was only on that one first season that was like seven episodes. Like, we didn't really get to know her. And from what we did, it was not amazing. No. And she just... She she showed up, she clocked in, and she she got the job done on she season four. And she clocked the <laughs> girls out. She it's funny, I tweeted when the show first started, I did not think I would start the year 2022 standing Larsa Pippen. Right? I I literally was like, I I, I just I was like, oh whatever to Larsa. And I and I, you know, she's on my podcast. And I said to her, like, the smartest thing you could have done was do that show because I think you have a whole different fan base. I said, listen, a lot of us thought like, girl, whatever. You're Kim Kardashian shadow. Girl, whatever. You're the ex of Scottie Pippen. Whatever. I said, but after watching that show, you have a, a an audience who's like, oh, I, I like you. Right. And it's an audience who likes her based on her personality yes. and how she's carrying herself in this new phase of her life versus, oh, well, I'm a Kim Kardashian super fan, so I'm going to follow everyone that she's ever been friends with. Right. Like, now she has fans based on who she is, which yeah. I have to imagine is going to benefit her in the long run, whatever she does business-wise or life-wise. Like, she's going to be making more coins because she has <laughs> more fans. Give some to Lisa, girl. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Oh, my gosh. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to talk about New Jersey a little bit because okay. you you worked on the first couple of seasons of New Jersey. I know you were famously in the room where it happened with the table flip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have you watched the re, the most recent reunion for season twelve? Of course, yes. I want to get your take a little bit on Teresa's <laughs> demeanor throughout the reunion because I know you worked with Teresa back mm-hmm. in the day, OG era. Mm-hmm. And so I know you might have a little more nuanced perspective than a lot of people. What mm-hmm. what goes through your head when you watch Teresa have, I think, sort of a rough reunion, a lot of people would say? Yeah, I mean, listen, I <laughs> Teresa has been on that show, oh my God, that was 2009 we started that show. So that's what, 13 years? Mm. Um. Teresa's tired. <laughs> like, like I think to re- listen, and I and this is not to diminish any of the housewives because I love Margaret, I love Jennifer Aiden, I love Melissa Gorga, I love Dolores, um, and I love Jackie. And this is not to diminish them, but I think we all can honestly say Teresa carries that show in terms of, you know, she is the centerpiece often on that show. And when you've been doing a show as long as she has, um, I think she's just exhausted because it's been the same thing consistently for 13 years. Like, it's always been like, eh, 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 in her direction, um, which is why I was happy to see her ultimate girls trip because she wasn't a part of the drama. She was actually like, and I, and I mean this respectfully, she was actually pretty boring on, on Ultimate Girls Trip, right? It was, she wasn't doing anything crazy. She was enjoying being on vacation. Um, and that's when I put two and two together. Like, this is the Teresa, who, who Teresa was on Ultimate Girls Trip is the Teresa that I know. Mm. Me and her had dinner before the pandemic because uh, she was in LA. And we sat next to each other. Danielle Staub was there too. I'll do a podcast episode about that dinner girl. So, <laughs> but I say that to say, because that was at the time they were friends. Um, and it was nice to be reunited with my OGs, you know? And when I'm out with Teresa, Teresa's quiet. Mm. If you can imagine, she doesn't, she doesn't talk. She's quiet. So fast forward to part three reunion of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, um, she gets fired up because one thing about Teresa, you don't comfort her family, especially her kids and her man. She sees red if you comfort her children or her man. And it's hard to calm her down. I mean, you saw that at the table flip. That's season one. So when people say, oh, she's cocky, she has a big head, she has an ego. Teresa season one flipped a fucking table. And it took Joe Juicy Judice to grab her mouth and give her a kiss to calm her down because he was the poison reliever that she needed at that moment. So listen, her behavior 
it's still entertaining. Uh, but I definitely think I think she's exhausted. I think she, I think Teresa would love to have a break. Yeah, I I mean she's done. She's given us so much. <laughs> she she's carried the shot. And again, I don't. Uh, you know me. I'm not disrespectful. Teresa Judice literally carried that show. In, right. in terms of like, think about it. It went through this weird phase of casting when they had these twins on and then Siggy yeah. was on. And, and listen, I think Siggy's great television. But the show was going through this weird Rocky moment. Um, but Teresa was still there and trying to like figure out like, what is this show? Because again, I think people have to remember the initial um, creative of Jersey especially was family. It was family, family, family. It started off with the Manzos, then it was the Judices, then it was these weirdos who came in, and it was like, what is this show? I stopped watching it for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, this ain't the show I signed up for. But now I feel like with the addition of Jennifer and Jackie and Margaret, who I think are great, the show has found its footing. So again, I'm not going to say, I will never say this show is successful because of Teresa, because that's not true. Those women also bring great elements to it. And listen, the Melissa haters, this may be unpopular. Melissa is a great addition to the show because I will never, I will never grow tired of seeing Melissa versus Teresa. Ever. Right. I think it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I, saying that she's the face of the show, I always think it's interesting to see who NBC invites to the upfronts, which are have just happened in New York. And it's like, like it or not, Teresa is still the New Jersey girl that you invite to the upfronts. It's it. I mean, if that's not representative of who is the face of the show, I mean, I don't. I certainly don't agree with everything Teresa says or does on the show. But like, you're right that she still is kind of the flagship New Jersey housewife. But is that? But let me ask you this: I don't understand why that's controversial to say. Right. Listen. I think it would be if it was like, I'll give you an, an example. When you look at um, Potomac, do you mm-hmm. watch Potomac? Oh, of course. Okay. So Potomac, they have the longest running OGs in the history of the franchise. Ashley, Giselle, Robin, and Karen. Um, you said this, the upfronts, uh-huh. right? They it's brought Giselle Karen. And Karen. <laughs> I don't see why it's controversial to say that Karen and Giselle are the face of Potomac. And and I think that's the truth. Right. Um, at, for a very long time, Nene Leakes was the face of Atlanta. Um, Kyle Richards is the face of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sorry, guys. Teresa Judice is the face of New Jersey, and that's never going to change. Right. And I think maybe it's a matter of knowing that when you say she's the face of New Jersey or that Karen and Giselle are the face of Potomac, you're not saying everybody else on the cast is trash no. and this person is perfect and I love them no. 100% and agree with everything they say. You're saying that they're sort of emblematic of the show, especially to a wider audience who might not be able to name every single person who's ever been on Housewives. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I Listen, I love Lisa Renna, Dorit, right. and Erica Jane, and Garcelle Bouvet. The face of Beverly Hills is Kyle. The face of Potomac, to me, is Giselle, then Karen. The face of Atlanta right now, to me, is Kenya. 
Um, the face of Miami to me is Alexia and mm. Larsa. Um, and the face of Jersey is Teresa, and the face of the OC, I'll pass on that one. And then the <laughs> in pr- work in progress. <laughs> yes, TBD. It's a rebuilding uh, year, remember. <laughs> yes, it was big. It w- listen, it was Vicky, period. Right. Um, and then I would say Tamara second, and a Tamara will agree with me. Did I miss any other housewives, Dylan? Salt Lake City. I mean, it's Jen Shaw show. <laughs> is that controversial? I think so. I mean, because they've only had two seasons, it's like most of them are still OGs, whatever, fine. But yeah, like, but come on. When you think of, let me ask you, right. let me ask you this and tell me if I'm <laughs> wrong. When you think of Salt Lake City, I really do think you think of J- Jen Shaw. No? Well, tell I me think, if I'm wrong. Yeah. And I think part of it's partly her performance on the show is just strong and memorable, but also like you can't deny the fact that she has like the biggest housewives news story of however long, like, (laughs) you know, you can't ignore that. And as long as she stays on the show, she's always going to have that kind of notoriety over anybody else in the cast. And even probably after she's not on the show anymore. Yeah. Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. I want to talk a little bit about, just in general, being in reality TV production. What kind of misconceptions do you feel like people have about the role of reality producers? Oh my gosh, do we have all day? It's it's. <laughs> For some reason, and and listen, I'm really trying to get where this came from. People think reality TV producers are like these shady, um, disgusting, dangerous human beings who have the ability to manipulate people. It's sort of like the Tinder swindler or a sociopath. (laughs) Right? When I watch a Tinder swindler and I'm like, how did this man con these women? People really re- compare that to a reality TV producer. 
that we are capable of conning adults. Mm. Not 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 just like a select few. No, the entire cast from season one to fourteen. That we just have the ability to say, I want you to flip a table. Go do it. Okay, because Carlos said it. It's crazy. It's it, I, and it's weird because when I talk to other reality stars who I don't know, um, they don't talk about that their experience. They're they're always like. One of my best friends is a producer on the show, which I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. I wouldn't say that. Go that far with it. But <laughs> it's not this situation where all of us, because again, some are, are, are shady. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that on the record. <laughs> but a large percentage of us, we are really there to just to do a good job. And, and, and the other thing, Dylan, that I want your listeners to know, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's 24-7. You are inundated with phone calls in the middle of the night, in the early hours in the morning, with complaints, with um, the star wanting to vent. You know, mm-hmm. I remember my early days of show running. I literally, literally would wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning to a phone call, and, and they would just go on a tangent for an hour, and my breath stinks my eyes aren't open. And, 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 and the biggest thing, Dylan, for me was, why did you wake up with this on your mind? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, listen, being a reality TV producer is not easy. It's hard, which is why a lot of people who, who think, you know, oh my God, it's going to be so much fun. I get to like work with Mimi and I get to do this. And then they work and they're like, oh my, what? You work these long hours? You don't get sleep. You gotta. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, there's um there's somebody on who comes up on my TikTok all the time, and they're like they work for a production company, and I think they're doing like Miami or something, right? They're working on one of the Housewives shows, and they'll be like, yeah, like uh my my partner and I spent like four hours setting up this like elaborate display, and then the women ended up like spending too long at the other place, so they never even made it to the place where we spent all day setting up this table, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, is is a lot of cancellations. Um, and it's funny because when you guys watch a show and a cast member doesn't show up, right? Like mm. let's say there's like an all-cast dinner or something, and you're like, where is so-and-so? Um, nine times out of ten, it's a producer who's calling that cast member, like, you must show up. We're here. We. I don't want to. I'm not doing it. She owes me an apology. I'm not showing up until she. It's a lot. Right. It's a lot of that. Yeah. A little bit of babysitting. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I think people also have this idea that like something being produced means that it's like scripted or fake right. or staged somehow. And I think with a sh- with a. A thing like Housewives, it's like the producers are there to make sure that the stuff happens to give you a show to watch. It's not about staging the storylines or telling people what to say. It's like orchestrating the fact that these women are in the same place at the same time and are going to deliver on camera. Because if you just if there were no producers, it's like the, the show wouldn't exist. Like, it's not like it would be more real. It's like it wouldn't happen. It, it, it we are the organization 
to organize what you guys are watching. So like you said earlier with the guy on TikTok who's like, we set up this beautiful location with the flowers <laughs> and everything to make it look great. So when they show up, they can, you know, talk. Um, you guys don't know that. Or you literally filming those dinner scenes for three hours. And mm. what you're watching is 15 minutes of it. So I just did an interview earlier and he was like, wait, so when they're like yelling at each other, you're you're telling them to yell, right? I'm like, no, what do you what do you what do you think this is? Like, you're watching 15 minutes of a three-hour scene. And he was floored, like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. Cause in real life, no one walks into a restaurant and starts yelling at each other. It takes, you know, you bring up conversations, you bring up he say, she say. And they overreact. So our job as producers is to really make everything make sense for the audience. So when you're watching New Jersey and Teresa's met at Margaret for talking about Louie, we -hmm. have to make sure that we get Margaret's side, we get Teresa's side, so that when they meet up and she's yelling at her, you understand why. Right. And you can tell, like, on a show... If, if they miss one of those steps or something like sometimes you'll be watching and it's kind of like, why are they fi-? like, I don't remember this thing that happened that made them mad at each other. And like, that really is important to get all of those kind of puzzle pieces together or else it just feels like you're watching a random yes. assortment of footage with no context. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Again, we're not this maniacal, you know, um, shady people who are like conspiring against your cast. We're listen, we're not that clever. And 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 most importantly, those women and men aren't stupid. They're not dumb. Exactly. They're rich <laughs> and successful because they're smart and they have common sense. Thank you. Delusional, maybe not dumb. <laughs> yeah, listen, delusional, um, a little um, <laughs> egotistical, all those things, but definitely not dumb. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, Carlos, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Anytime. I had a good time, Dylan. Tell everyone where they can listen to your podcast, watch your new show, all of that stuff. Yes. So my podcast is called Reality with the King. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Um, my new show is Love and Marriage DC, starring Monique Samuels from the Real Housewives of Potomac. That airs every Saturday at 9 o'clock, um, 8 Central. And then following that, I have a new late night show called The Nightcap with Carlos King, which is a talk show meets, you know, variety show, if you will, where we have special guests come on to talk about reality TV, gossip, pop culture, all those things. And that airs at 10 o'clock, 9 Central, all on the Oprah Winfrey Network every Saturday. King of reality television and king of the Oprah Winfrey Network. (laughs) (laughs) Carlos, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Dylan. Have a good one. You too, love. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter.
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.